my scripture today. And I want to deliver this just like God gave it to me. If I had to give this a title, um, and even, even with what we've been talking about in Hosea, as we were trying to get an understanding and seeking God's direction on COVID-19, we got hit with something else. Now, if you remember, and I know you do, and I know we have scribes in the house, thank God for that, people who, who write down what is being said so that we can go back and we can search it and we can see if it lines up and we can wait for God to perform it. It's very important, but I said before, I said, you know, there were a couple of things that, that God had given me um, when the new president took office. And one was that we were going to be in for a ride. One was that he was going to be impeached, and he was. One was that there was going to be a race war. And there is. Amen. And then when COVID hit, I said, God is waking us up. And it's very important that he was waking us up and that if we didn't heed what God was trying to tell us, that something worse would come. And it did. And we're in it. I think it's important that we understand that there is a cure for the cancer in America. And that we need, we need a wake-up call. We need to really understand that God is getting our attention in many ways. That time is running out. That his return is soon to come. And we who are sensitive to his spirit and know his voice should not be afraid of what is on the horizon. But there's no doubt that we are in one of the most crucial times in history. So I want to kind of walk you through what God has given me and I believe is a word for this nation, not just our church. And and in the in the Bible in first John chapter 4 verse 18 and 19 the Bible reads that there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment but he who fears has not been made perfect in love we love him because he first loved us. I, I, this is not my text. This is going to lead up into what we're going to be talking about. But I want us to see that fear and love cannot coexist. That the word perfect here means mature. And it means that, it means that love has to grow up. Love, love has to mature. Now, for those that us who are married, if you even loved anybody, you, you know that, like, today I love my wife more than I did when I married her. 
we've grown in relationships. You have struggles. You get to, you have a few arguments. You have a few disagreements, and you still remain in relationship, and and it strengthens the bond. And you you can honestly say that you love more than you did when you first got married. Amen. And that's how love is to mature. And that's why God is dealing with us with relationship in the body of Christ, loving one another. Because you, you, you can't, you, you, love has to be made perfect. And a lot of times what, 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 what causes us to have a wall up when it comes to trusting and when it comes to really loving and, 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 and being one with, one with our brothers is the fact that we fear. So we understand that if I fear, if I don't trust, if I have, if, if I have a fear there, then I'm not going, it's going to be very hard for me to love you. Somebody say you're going somewhere. You're going somewhere. In Matthew chapter 22, Jesus speaking at verse 36, he says, teacher, someone asked the question, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Mm -hmm. So here Jesus is telling us that everything hangs on love. And that we cannot love God and not love our neighbor. We can't say we love, the Bible's elsewhere in Scripture says, how can we say we love God who we do not see and yet not love the neighbor that we do see? Everyone will agree that if we're going to find a solution to the issues that we're facing today, we are going to have to identify the root of the problem. The source of the unrest we are seeing today, I believe, is fear. And because God has not given us a spirit of fear, it has to be conjured up by other sources. We must remember that the enemy uses falsehood to destroy manhood. The enemy uses falsehood to destroy manhood. He has to surround the thoughts of our mind in order to bring about an action or a reaction. Mm -hmm. Once the seed of fear has been planted, follow me, then that fear has the opportunity to morph itself into hate or hatred. Mm -hmm. Fear is to hate what love is to peace. Mm -hmm. Fear is to hate what love is to peace. So you cannot love what you fear, right? right. And you can't have peace about what you hate. Yeah. Somebody say, he's just preaching already. Preaching already. Let me give you an example. Everybody knows that I haven't flown yet, right? Everybody knows I have not flown yet. Now, yet for me is progress. Because there was a time I said I would never fly, right? Mm -hmm. So yet, for me, it's progress. But at some point, a seed of fear of flying was planted in me. And that seed turned to hate. I would say, I hate flying. Though I never experienced flying. 
Yes. Y'all better help me. I don't know when I fly if I move from saying, you know, I, I move to saying I love flying. Right? Right. But I used to say I'll never get on a ship either. Right. Until I experienced it. And now I love cruising. Right. Yeah. Y'all better help me. It's because I opened myself up to an experience that I now have a relationship with getting on a boat. Come on. So what am I talking about? Before, we're going to have to look at history and tell us and look at exactly what the Bible clearly lets us see. Because before we deal with the solution, we have to look back. Right? He said the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. So if we unlock the treasure of the past, we're supposed to learn how to succeed in the present. Mm -hmm. Now, I said all that to say, well, what's going on? And I said something worse was coming after COVID. You're saying, well, COVID, we don't have an answer to COVID. We don't have an answer yet. They're trying to find a solution to COVID. COVID hit us and we're like, oh, everybody's in their house. Things have shut down. Money stopped. Commerce stopped. Things are going out. People have elevated the dollar over health and said, we're just going to open up everything anyway because we got to get the economy running. We don't really care who dies. And then you got people who said, and then uh, who just go out and they're not wearing the mask and not doing the things they're supposed to do to try to stay safe to whatever we, we kind of move from because COVID has almost gotten familiar. Rock, come on. It has almost gotten like we're used to it now, whatever. Right. Some, some have even said, just let me go ahead and get it. Let me go ahead and deal with it. And if I get over it, then good, I ain't got it. But I'm not going to walk around in fear but to COVID. So then what, what, what's worse than COVID? I'm going to tell you what's worse than COVID. What we are in right now with all the police situation and all, uh, now they want to defund police, which is going to move out of place that is supposed to keep us protected, which removes a covering that's over us. Y'all better watch it. Understand? And then we open up the door to racism, all right? Which racism was always, always there. But now it has opened its head. And even when you start talking about what you're going to do as a people, you got to understand that is, and for a while, you ought to understand this, that it had gotten quiet, that the marches and the protests were okay. We understand the George Floyd incident, and that's okay. But then all of a sudden now, we start, and we were wondering, well, maybe this is going to help suppress the level of racism and the attacks that we were seeing, but we see the opposite. Now, they are all coming to the surface, and now there are even more things, and people are being hung, and you see the KKK moving, and everybody is reaching their ugly head out there, because while you try to suppress one thing, you are going to depress another thing. I'm already preaching. So we have to understand that what is worse than COVID is now you don't have to fear just going out and getting sick, but now you have to look at everybody's sideways because you don't know if the next encounter you have with another person that is not of your skin color, if that person has in mind that they are for Black Lives Matter or they're going to kill you. You ain't going to say nothing, but I'm going to say it. Yeah. Hallelujah. So now we are to look at the past because in Romans 15, 4, the Bible tells us this, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So whatever happened before, that was written for our learning. It is a fool who does not learn from his mistakes or learn from others. In Deuteronomy chapter four, verse nine, the Bible says this, only take heed to thyself 
and keep thy soul diligently, lest you forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from the heart all the days of thy life. But teach them to your sons and to your sons' sons. And in Deuteronomy 32, verse 7, it says this, Remember the days of old, consider the years of many generations. Ask your father, and he will show you, your elders, and they will tell you. Zechariah 1, 4 says this, Be ye not as your fathers, unto whom the former prophets have cried, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn ye now from your evil ways and your evil doings. But they did not hear nor hearken unto me, saith the Lord. Uh, And last verse that we learn about history, New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 6 through 11. Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they lusted. Neither be ye idolaters as some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them murmured and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them for our example that they are written for admonition upon whom the ends of the world have come. So we have to look back at history. We have to learn how to decipher, and if we are going to be victorious, which we are, then we are going to have to learn how to decipher the codes of the scripture so that we can go ahead and as the body of Christ, learn how we have been called to protest. Y'all ready? Yes. (laughs) We're going to have to look at Moses. Because one thing we do know is that when God's children are in trouble, he always rises up a deliverer. Yes. From right in the midst of the struggle. Jesus. Hebrews 11 says this. Hebrews 11, 23, by faith, Moses When he was born, he was hidden for three months by his parents. I'm talking this morning to people who've been hidden. Because they saw that he was a beautiful child, they were not afraid of the king's command. I'm talking to mothers who are not afraid. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I'm talking to people who refused to be numbered with the world. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater than riches, than treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. I'm talking to Next Level Ministries this morning. Go with me and let's decipher what's really going on. Go to Exodus chapter one. Let's start at verse six. I'm going to read, uh, the main part is going to come from Exodus chapter 1, but I'm going to pull a couple of verses from chapter 2 and chapter 3, and then I'll be out of your way. It says, And Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all that generation. And the children of Israel were fruitful. Fruitful. They increased abundantly and multiplied, and they waxed exceedingly mighty. 
and the land was filled with them. Now there arose a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said to his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Stick a pen there. Here's the issue, the beginning of the issue, that we have a king that rose up that did not know God, didn't know Joseph. Uh, uh, no, no doubt, we are in a generation where we do not pass down legacy. Right. If we are afraid to share the testimony of our God and how good God has been to us, how are our children going to know who, who the God is that we serve? I was talking to my uncle the other day, my uncle, um, and he, he's my, my brother's, my father's brother. And I, as I shared with you the other morning that we, we lost our cousin to an overdose. And he was asking me, he was saying, I don't know what's going on with the generation. And, you know, they're getting high off all this new stuff and there's no respect. And I, and I said, I make a long story short. I said, I said, Unc, here's the problem. I said, I come from a generation where, you know, we come from that generation that was supposed to be entitled Generation X, where most of us, when we had kids, we were, my generation, they were, the men were either locked up, they're doing fed time, or they're strung out, and they're not raising their kids. The generation that you came from was the generation that had to get out and tried to make it, and some were trying to do what they needed to do just to keep food on the table, and for the most part, you know, weren't around as fathers, and if you had a couple of men to be able to look up to, then you know you you were pretty you were pretty well, but not many of you really sat down and and poured into us because you came from that seventies era of that Huron and trying to just you know make it, and so now you have a generation of young men who get caught up in the struggle of trying to make it, and we strung out, and now the kids that you're seeing now have never been fathered. And so, and, and it is very rare to have a generation and a legacy of where godly fathers father their sons and then they father their sons. So you have a gap. And so pretty soon, once we step off the scene, when I die, he dies. And if I don't tell my son and teach him about the God that we serve, then he's not going to be able to tell his sons. And so what we have is a, a gap. And that's what happened in Joseph's time. Here, that all the children of Israel saw all the works that Moses and, and that I mean that that God had did, and all the wonderful things that that happened. But there, there was somebody even in Joseph's life. When Joseph had, there was the seven years of famine, and knowing that Joseph served as a godly man, nobody told anybody about Joseph's God. Right. So now we got a new king. And then here's the thing. I told you in the beginning, you can't love what you fear. So what happens? A king rises up, a new king. He's looking at, and he sees the multiplication of all these men and all these people. And he gets afraid. And he says, listen, they're going to become mightier than we. Listen, here's what happened and why racism is so, so prevalent and how it crept in. What happened was we as a people started multiplying because the Bible we understand that the more we get afflicted I'll get there the more we multiply so we were growing in number and then the, the, the people who wanted to oppress us said wait a minute we got to do something because otherwise these people are going to go ahead and take over and become the dominant people on this land y'all ain't going to yeah, say nothing yes, yes. 
Y'all not going to say nothing. So watch what he says. Verse 10. Come on. Let us deal wisely with them. Lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join unto our enemies and fight against us and get them up out of the land. That's the fear. That we would take over. Yes. That's the fear. And so what they did was, therefore, they set taskmasters to afflict them with burdens. Slavery. Right. Slavery. Y'all better come on. Let's afflict them. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities. Fentham Ramses. Who built this nation? Right. On whose back built this nation? Yes, we did. Like I heard, we we were we were the, the slaves were doing the you know the the agricultural work in the south, and we were doing the building in the north. Y'all better come yeah. on. We know history. So set taskmasters to afflict them, and then and then the more they afflicted, the more we multiply. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with bondage and mortar and brick and all the manner of service in the field. All their service with where, where they made them serve with vigor. See, that's the thing. I, that's the problem I have here. Everybody wants to say, well, we're trying to deal with it. God has let it rise up so we can deal with it. We can't deal with something that people don't want to admit and go ahead and put on the table. And the fact that what, what is happening now is not stemmed from just an incident that happens with the police. Yeah, this is something yeah, yeah. that has been suppressed oh, and oppressed over 400 years. Yeah. And people are still there with the mindset that we are a dominant culture and like we want to take over the world. And that's not the case. Yeah. We can't wait. That's not the case. But whenever fear is there, then you can't love correct, and we can't develop the relationships that we need to re- have relationally with other nations and with other races. So then, how do we actually have a dialogue until we get rid of the fear that was implanted from oh, yes, Jesus. yes, yes, Jesus. So, so in chapter two, this is what happens. He said, so they send Moses off and the, and, and, and the child crew, verse 10 of chapter two in Exodus, the child crew were talking about Moses and she brought him into Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son and she called his name Moses. And she said, because I drew him out of war. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out Unto his brethren, he looked on their burdens. He spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brothers. And he looked this way and that way. And when he saw that there was no man, he killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. my God. So now you got you got a burden being 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 born. You got Moses who didn't even know that this was actually his people. He didn't really know. Well, he had to know something about the fact that he was being hidden. But he was enjoying, you know, the uh, role in Egypt that a Hebrew slave would not have enjoyed. Right. But when he saw how wrong, watch this. When he saw how wrong his brethren were being treated. 
and he went out and he killed the oppressor. Yes. Pastor, what are you saying? Are you saying we need to go kill him? Well, no, you know I ain't saying that. Don't get me to say that I'm telling you to go kill somebody and hide them in the sand. But what is important is this. I need you to catch this principle. Moses was not identified with the Hebrew slaves. He was identified with the house of Egypt. Right. I'm going to say it again until right. you catch it. He was identified with the house of Egypt, but then he saw the burdens of his people. You know what it's going to really take and what is what we see in the difference of between now and the protests that were taking place back in the early 70s and that that's going on? It's, it's amazing. It's amazing what you see now because what you see now more than ever is Back then, racism was so much um, interwoven into society that there were not many Caucasian people standing up for the rights of black people for fear that they would be right. killed. Right. Y'all better help me. But what the difference that's happening now is if you look at all the protests going on, you see more Caucasian people out there on the front line saying that this is not right. See, what it's going to take for change to come is not when the oppressed stand up, but it's when those who are enjoying the pleasures of Egypt come up out of that house and see the burdens of those that are being oppressed and stand up. Amen. Oh, my God. That's the principle. So, so we understand now that, that there's a fear planet. So watch what happens. And now we're going to get ready to close because I'm going to talk to you. Chapter 3, last verse, passages of Scripture, and I'll tie this all together for you. And just so you know, that I give you the title. It ain't really got no title. The title to the series is The Cure for the Cancer in America. All right? I'll give you my title. After I give you this last scripture. Chapter 3 of Exodus, starting at the seventh verse. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, which are in New Haven, which are in Atlanta, which are in Chicago, which are in Washington, yeah. which are in your home. I have seen the affliction of my people, and I have heard their cry. I have heard their protests. I have seen their signs. Y'all better help me. By reason of their taskmasters, and I know their sorrows. I am not negligent of the fact of what you are going through. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the oppressor and bring them up out of the land unto a good land, a large land, a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Berezites, Hivites, Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come up unto me, has come to the White House, has come to the streets, come has come to your neighborhood. No, the cry, oh my God, yeah. has come up unto me. Yeah. 
And I also have seen the oppressions wherein the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring forth my people of the children of Israel out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go? and that I should bring the children up out of Egypt. And he said, certainly I will be with you. And this shall be a token unto you that I have sent you. When thou shalt be, shall has brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel, they'll say, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. They will say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said to Moses, I am that I am. That's what the signs should be saying. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Y'all, y'all, y'all missed it. Y'all yeah. missed it. This ain't for you. This is probably for Facebook or wherever this message is going to be seen. That's what the that's what the signs should be saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to take anything away from from your protests. I'm not trying to say, say anything to. But I'm I, instead of putting BLM up there, you need to put the the I am has sent me. Y'all gotta come on up here. That the I am. He said, Thou shalt say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. And God said moreover to Moses, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, The Lord thy God. Of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, have sent me unto you. This is my name forever. This shall be a memorial unto all generations. Yeah. I'm going to give you my title for this um, particular message. The, the title for this particular message is that there is no such thing. Write that down. There is no such thing as a peaceful protest. Yeah. I'm about to help you. There is no such thing as a peaceful protest. Listen, we are learning in th in Thursday, on Thursday nights why we are called Protestants, why we are called Reformers, because Martin Luther had enough of the Holy Ghost up in him to dare to challenge the one universal church, the Catholic Church. Y'all not going to stand up. And he, and he said, and, and because he was willing to stand up and even die for what he believed in and what God had told him, he wrote up and put uh, 95 theses up on the door and said, we got to have a conversation. And they said, okay, you split because you are protesting against the church, the true church, the true church. But but Martin Luther said, I'm not protesting. I just want to reform. Y'all better help me. Yeah. You, you, you cannot be quiet and reform anything. Right, because right. whenever you, listen, when God wanted to reform a world that was without form and void, he spoke yes, to it. He and he spoke to it. And, and when he spoke, the, cos, the chaos had to leave the cosmos. We are learning up in here. Help me preach this message. Order. So he said, listen, you got to open up your mouth. Yes. There's no such thing as a peaceful protest. Right, yeah. Now, I'm not trying to tell you that you need to go out here and scream because you're screaming at the wrong person. Right, the Bible does right. not say that the world or Egypt heard the cries of God's Come people. On. But it does say that God said, I hear the protest. See, whenever you're holding your peace here on earth, you are not holding your peace up in heaven. I, My prayer language, my fasting, my things that I am crying out to God, when I'm protesting, God says, I hear your marching. I hear your marching. And I am sending angels. I am dispatching a heavenly army to take care of your enemies because I will not allow my children to be destroyed by the hands yes. of a wicked nation. Y'all yes. better help me yes. up in here. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. 
That's the God I serve. So when I when I protest, when stuff is rising up and I bring my request and I make it known to God, all hell is breaking loose. Y'all better help yes. me. Something is about yes. to change. And we have to stand up and know that God hears our cry. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all better talk back to me. Yes, y'all yes, can say yes. amen now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. So we have to get rid of fear because well, it is not. I want you, I want you to understand that this is not about black and white. This is not a black and white issue. This is a heart issue. This is a love issue. And I'm trying to tell you that we you you cannot love what you fear. And once we can get see, here's the thing. And I, and I thank God for, for our, our, our Caucasian people who watch. And I thank God for us. I don't even got to say because we understand where Sister Nikki's come heart on, is. On. But here's the facts. You, you, everybody got them, them them people in their lives that are from another race. And they say they say stuff like this. I've had, it, I've had it said to me a lot of times by people of another persuasion, of, of color. They say, man, you know, I, I never... I never expected that you would be who you are because people judge by what they don't know. But once they get into a relationship with somebody, they understand that we got black people who are ignorant. We got white people who are ignorant. Yeah. We got some black folk that can act yeah. the fool. We got some white folk that can act the fool. Yeah. But once we get to know each other, once we grow in relationship, you can say, you know what? I ain't got. I don't have to look at the color of your skin. Right. I can judge you by the content of your character. Y'all better help me up in here. That, that's how we are supposed to be looking. But if I can't get past the fear of what you think just because I wear my pants down or I got my hoodie on or I don't dress like you or I eat collard greens and you, you, you eat something different, whatever the case is. Right. Yes, yes, yes. We, we got to get rid of fear. And some of them don't even fear that. They just fear what others may think if they ever got into a relationship. Right. And so yeah. when you have a fear that people want to take over and they worry about the superior race, there is no superior race. We are all God's children. We have all been yeah. made in the image of God. We all are able to carry his Holy Spirit in a vessel that is tainted. It is not about what we look like. It is about who we are in Christ. Yes. Right. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Preach, preacher. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. So I refuse to walk around here scared when I know God is hearing our protests. Right, right, right. Hallelujah. Yes. We serve a mighty God. Yes, Lord. Thank you, But God. we have to wake up. Open our mouths. We have to wake up. Yes. He said, how will you know, how will they know yes. that you are my children? By the love you have for one another. By the love you have for one another. We cannot get on that bandwagon where we want to just get rid of police. Right. Are you crazy? Yeah. How you going to get rid of police? <laughs> Do you know how many bloods and crips are waiting for them to just get rid of the police? Somebody run up in my house. I need to be able to call somebody. Come on. To come clean up the body. You ain't gonna say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Amen. But there has to be a change. Yeah. There has to be a change. Thank you, Lord. And we are the ones that are gonna bring the change. Yes. This generation, 
I told somebody, I said, this generation, they thought that the, the, the things were going to stop after the, they had the funeral. But this, these protests will not stop. You, you can hear my word straight from the throne room of heaven. These protests will not stop until change comes. They are too invested. Yes. Too invested in the struggle. Thank you. It wasn't a moment thing. Thank you. Right. It's a movement thing. Yeah. And politicians understand that they 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 they, they can't rely on the older voting for too Come much longer. All right. Yeah. Right. Right. So we have to be wise as a people, and what we want, right, and how we go after it, yeah. and how we maintain it.